Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. This is Mike. Today we're going to talk about the two popes. Both of them. Both. Francis and Benedict. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to discuss the Megxit kerfuffle along with the crown. Oh, the crown. And I'm going to check in about 1917, which I saw last night at the Cinerama Dome. So, the popes. Yeah. The popes. You like the popes. I didn't want to watch it, but you said you'd liked it. And they market it like crazy on Amazon. You can't turn on Amazon without oh, really? seeing it. Yeah, it's just always showing up. It's showing up in new releases. It's showing up in the you might like category. It's showing up all over the place. So, I finally got in the mood. I don't know what happened. I didn't want to watch it. I just have such a negative view of the whole Catholic Church hierarchy. On the religious basis or because of the pedophiles? Because of or? the homophobia. Oh, yeah. That's a good reason. <laughs> That's the main reason. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But I don't know. I kept seeing that picture on that tile on the Amazon streaming site. It's Netflix, actually. Is, Is it? it Netflix? Oh, it might be. Yeah. But I finally did decide to look at it because Anthony Hopkins, his face on that little tile kept staring at me. And I thought, well, I've just got to watch it eventually. And I was very taken by it. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved Anthony Hopkins. But as Ratziger, he is just so irascible, yeah. so irritable. Right. And has such a conflicted worldview. He's trapped in his own intellect. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. Is how I saw him. You saw these flaws in him as being so into rules and intellectual interpretations of doctrine and things like that. And really, the heart of him had been beaten out of him at some point long ago, apparently, because he just wasn't yes. there. Yeah. But as you watched it, you didn't feel repulsed by him. You felt a little certain amount of pity for him. There was a certain love Definitely. that was brought to it. Yes. That was what was remarkable to me. But he plays piano, and I swear to God, that had to be Anthony Hopkins really playing the piano. It looked like him. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they yeah. wrote that in because Anthony Hopkins has this little side talent that we didn't know about, or if it just happened to coincide. Maybe he was born to play Ratzinger. Maybe so. But I, I felt for Ratzinger. That's what was so remarkable because I could understand. He, he's like Javert in Les Miserables. He's he so invested yes. in the outer structure of the organization and the belief system that he can't free himself to feel pity or love or uh, compassion. Well, he's not part of the mortal world. And yet he's representing, supposedly on earth in the Catholic belief system, he's representing God and uh, like a descendant, I guess, of Jesus, the most compassionate person who was supposed to have ever trod the earth, according to the storyline from those religions. So, I mean, you see the irony, you know, that he's in this position where he's supposed to be representing the healer, the reconciler, the comforter. Yes. And he's none he of has those none things. Of that. He and has none of that. He can't him. be any of those things. Things. No. What's interesting also is how they approach being appointed. Right. Francis so much did not want to be Pope. Right. And someone says in the beginning scenes, they said Aquinas or some famous thinker had said one of the prime qualifications for being Pope is not wanting it. Unless he was fooling us and, <laughs> and acting like he didn't want it because he knew that's the way to become Pope. <laughs> Joke's on That's us. on the sequel. <laughs> I thought that Jonathan Price was amazing yep. as Francis. Yep. And Francis's background in Argentina. Yeah. It's very interesting because I did not expect them to get into his past life with the Argentinian government. It's That part is very fascinating. Yeah. You have these two guys and they bring them to life so fully. So you get what they're about and you almost see their hearts. You see what's at the center yes. of them. Yes, and apparently this meeting did take place. This really? wasn't hypothetical. Oh, they yeah, the did summer meet. residence. 
I, yeah. I don't know, but it's not known what took place in the actual meeting. Yeah. One scene that was so, so powerful was Jonathan Price's character arrives at the summer residence of the Pope and it's dinner time and the servant sets him up for dinner in a beautiful big dining room and it's like, well, where's the Pope? I'm here to see the Pope. Why don't we have dinner? She says, oh, the Pope always dines alone. Yes. But he's ordered this dinner for you. It's a special Viennese or German dish that he loves and they they pull the lid off the dish and it just looks so... It's so unappetizing. Yeah. Well, it actually looks like matzo ball soup. (laughs) Oh, that's true. It did. But I didn't know what it was, but they make a point of going like, yeah, I know it's not really good. Yeah. But think of the Last Supper. You know, think Christian myth, you know, is that Jesus was all about Sharing. community, yes. uh, washing of feet, dining together, the apostles. It was a community yes. religion. It wasn't an individual. Yes. And poor Benedict, we shouldn't say poor because he probably did a lot of damage to people. Yes, but, he did. Yeah. So I don't mean to put a patina on him that he doesn't deserve, but but you, f- you felt compassion for him as his own flawed human, you know? Well, I think that he recognizes in himself mm-hmm. that he is no longer capable of tending to the masses. Right. I mean, we know historically that he did step down. And they said it's only the second pope that ever did that. That's pretty yes, incredible. It is incredible. Well, speaking of stepping down, not to change the subject, yep. but shall we? Shall we talk about Meghan Markle and sure. Prince Harry? Sure, sure, sure. You know that they made this announcement that they were stepping away they from their They want to move to Canada. They want to split their time between Canada and the UK. Okay. I think a little history is warranted in that Harry and William both suffered from Diana having been in this horrible accident that was really the fault of the paparazzi. And she was wholesalely rejected by the Queen. The Queen wanted nothing to do with her. As we saw from the movie, the Queen, the Queen didn't even want to acknowledge her death Mm -hmm. in the royal fashion. Right. And once... Meghan Markle and Prince Harry got married, the press really went after Meghan. Partially in England. Oh, yes. There's this press pool that has access to the royals. Okay. It's supposed to. And among them are some tabloids. So it's a couple of legitimate ones, but also some tabloids. And they just went after her racial and sexist and, and just brutal. They tend to pick apart like they did with Diana. They mm-hmm. just picked apart everything, her her clothes, her style, her what she did, where she went. Okay. Everything is under a microscope. I would think a more salient story would be something, making up even, some story about how people in the royal family were uncomfortable with it. And that may well be, have been the case. Oh, maybe that's part of it. Yes, that okay. may well have been part of it. Prince Harry finally said, that's enough of that. It destroyed my mother. Oh, right. I'm not going to let it destroy my wife and my family. That didn't get much coverage here, did it? I think, I don't know that we got really the full wave of that stuff. I was aware that she had given an interview and that she was very disturbed by the kinds of things that were being said about her. But also, I think that the royal protocol was just not to her real liking. I mean, liking isn't a strong enough word, but Mm -hmm. it just didn't sit well with her. Right, right. And probably Harry was not that wedded to it either. He wasn't going to be king. Right. His brother is. His brother would have an investment in retaining the monarchy. But what I've heard is that this really may be the end of the monarchy, Mm, which is interesting because once Harry bails out, it's time. It is time. I just, 
just finished watching The Rest of the Crown. And I have to say, what a bunch of privileged, neurotic... Twits. The lifestyle that they have and the privilege. Why? Why continue on with that? Right. Now, I could see that if when the queen dies, Mm -hmm. Charles saying, it ends with my wife. However, then he's got his son William to deal with. And William would be the king after him. Maybe they'll band together to re organize the institution in such a way that it is allowed to die a dignified, peaceful death of some kind. How would that work? Well, Charles could just say, you know what? Our country's not set up for monarchy. Or he could say, um, we're going to ask the parliament to do a vote and see if the public supports the monarchy. And if they don't, we'll find a way to dissolve it. Wow, that could be as wrenching as Brexit. Well, but at least it would allow it to be done peacefully. It's interesting, it ties in to, I'm not trying to force the illusion, to the two popes, because Elizabeth has that same problem that Ratzinger had, where she's unable to convey heartful feeling. And they make a big point of that in the show. Although I think she's cute as a button, to tell you the truth. The real one. But they make, well, a, she is they make a point. Yeah. She took this on as her duty and all of that. And yes, there's privilege. But she, she for someone, want it. Yes. For, for someone living in that extreme, off-the-charts, really bizarre amount of unwarranted, you could say, privilege, she has a certain humility about her. You know, that probably is one reason why it hasn't been disbanded thus far. Yes. Well, she's... Now, I know the Queen Mother was beloved. Right. And when she died, I think that Elizabeth took that mantle and has been the receptacle for all of this affection, whatever affection is left toward the, toward crown the monarchy. Itself. Well, tradition doesn't necessarily die easily. You know, it's I guess it's just so ingrained in the British. I'd be interested to know what public opinion is in, in England. You don't hear, but I don't read enough to know. I, I, there are royalists is, right. who believe in continuing right. on with the monarchy. Right. And then there are fierce anti-royalists right. who don't see the point. Yeah. And I can absolutely side with the anti-royalists because even though a, a part of me is fascinated with them mm-hmm. and just fascinated with this lifestyle, yeah. but they're really ceremonial. That's well, all they yeah. are. And it, it goes back to a time I've been watching this educational series on Amazon about the French Revolution, and they, they point out that in the 1500s, 1600s, and before, people truly believed that the king was... Anointed by God. Anointed by God and God's representative and the embodiment of God on the planet. Yeah. I'm not arguing that it should stay in. I'm just, if anything, I think they should let her die. And then maybe Charles is forward-thinking enough that he'll start looking at ways to constructively dissolve Do it. Conscious find a way to Find a way to dissolve it that's like an amicable divorce. I think, honestly... That honors those who feel invested in the tradition, but also honors those who recognize that this is something from a thousand years ago that just makes no sense in this modern age. Yes. Now, what I've heard is that Charles is not well-loved by the people. Oh, really? That really no one likes him. I think he isn't loved because of the situation with Diana and that people loved Diana and looked at him as someone who was unfair to her. Uh, He was very unfair to her. He had this continuing relationship with Camilla and that never ended was he was unfaithful. The Uh, whole thing was a mess. So I don't know that he can ever be redeemed in the people's eyes. Tell me what, what is their plan, Meghan and Harry? It's very unclear. What they want to do, it seems, is live as private citizens, but also they want to become financially independent. And that is going to be interesting right? because they have their celebrity to cash in on. But if they want to live as private citizens, I mean, they're never going to be able to get rid of their fame. 
that's right. just it's going to follow them around. So what they can do and what they want to do is unclear. Mm-hmm. The Queen came out with a statement after it was published on their Instagram page that they had these plans mm-hmm. to pull back from the royals. Right. And she basically said, this is an ongoing conversation. It's very complicated. This hasn't been decided yet. They seem to have jumped the gun because one of the tabloids, probably one of Rupert Murdoch's tabloids, was threatening to publish the information before before anybody was ready. Yes. Oh, because my thought was maybe their announcement had already been vetted by the Queen. No, we hadn't at all. In fact, going back a bit further, what I had heard was that Harry had submitted the idea to his father. Father, and his mm. father said, I need you to write me, uh, write me a document, get it all down on paper. And that was submitted to Charles, wow. but that Charles didn't do anything with it. Uh. So between Charles not doing anything and the tabloids getting ready to publish this, they felt that they had to put it. it up. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've never really understood why they have that monarchy, but it, I always thought, well, they want it. They seem to like it. So it's not my call. I'm not you know? sure. I'm not Maybe sure not. that they... Yeah, this is an impression they have based on nothing really. Well, there seemed to be this feeling that the monarchy was going to become contemporary now with Meghan Markle because oh, right. she's biracial. Right. Her mother is black. Her father yeah. is white. Yeah. That they were embracing the new age. Right. But no, it's really too ossified for that. Mm. The Queen wasn't embracing Meghan, and William and Harry seemed to be at odds. Harry removed himself from the mental health charity that they had both developed together. Wow. So it seems like this has been a time coming. It's not as if it happened overnight. Yeah. But like I said, what they can do as former royals or half royals remains to be seen. Right. Well, it didn't work out in terms of, I don't they portray the Duke and Duchess of Windsor on oh, the crown as totally miserable. having been holed up. Well, hold up. They were put in a beautiful mansion in the Bois de Bologna in Paris. Really? But, but at the same time, they were very. They se- it seemed as though they were very isolated. Well, they were exiled. That's right. the thing. They were not allowed to return. Oh, that's right. They couldn't go back. Yes. And so he was isolated from his entire family. Right. He had been king. That's why he was exiled. Oh, yeah. Because he had had the throne for 10 months. Right. So it was technically a big betrayal on his part. He was abdicating the the throne. Right. Yeah. They did seem to be both very much in love and very miserable at the same time. Yeah. It was, seemed to be a sad life. But that's, I only am interpreting what I've seen. Right. I think, ground. I'm sure it, in their case and in this instance, the Queen was right. It probably is a very complicated situation. And in the media, we probably want to make it very simple of, oh, they're rebels and the Queen is evil and they're good and. William's bad and Harry's good and I'm sure it's all much more nuanced than that. William and Kate Kate. have been looked at as a Barbie and Ken. They seem to be absolutely unflappable. They're perfect. There's no hint of any scandal or conflict between them. Exactly. She just seems to pop out those kids. Those kids seem to be Mm -hmm. perfect. They all get along perfectly. They're happy, clappy monarchs. (laughs) Which is why I think William has sort of sucked it up in order to have this place as the king in right. the future. Right. We'll see. Wouldn't it be interesting if we lived in, long enough to see a disbanding or dissolving of the of the English monarchy? It's a mess anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a mess because Andrew, Prince Andrew, 
was, I don't know if you know about this, but he gave an interview that was absolutely disastrous. It had to do with his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. I've just heard that he was involved in some way. The Queen basically revoked all of his ceremonial duties and has canceled his birthday party. (laughs) So Andrew is now the black sheep of the family. It does underline the sort of absurdity of the whole structure, doesn't it? In other words, his privilege has not really been affected. No, it hasn't. Uh, His standing has been affected. It directly affects the monarchy. Yeah. So that's not going going to be the nail that brings it down. I think it's going to be cumulative. I really do. Well, they'll get by. It'll be interesting to see how England does first Brexit and then this. You know, lots of wrenching stuff going on there. Who would have thought? Oh, I hope they pull through. (laughs) Jeez. You mean the UK or Meghan and Harry? The UK. Megan and Harry will be fine one way or, or another. Either. Yeah, that's right. It gets cold in Canada, but they'll have plenty of heat, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> when will that go? Well, Vancouver. she lived in Vancouver I while she was Vancouver. filming Suits. She had a substantial role. Yeah. And, you know, that was another part of the problem was she had already earned her own money. She'd been independent and she yes. didn't have to put up with this crap. Yes, yes. So I'm sure that that had some sort of yeah. weight on her impatience with the press and all of the rest of what she had to put up with. I yeah. mean, can you imagine being a young woman and being um, raked over the coals because of your biracial background? I mean, that's got to be very, very disconcerting. I think with colonialism in general, there's always, there well, have true. been reverberations that still continue to today. That's true. More will be revealed. Yes. It was just interesting seeing the end of The Crown right. as all of this was happening. Yeah. And spoiler alert, The Crown ends on the 25th Jubilee. Do you remember that? They're having this big event. Right. And it's the 25th Jubilee of Elizabeth. Elizabeth's crowning. Mm-hmm. And she's in the gilded carriage that right. looks like something out of Cinderella. Right. And she's being sort of trotted around right. to the people. Right. And she could not look more uncomfortable oh. or more disconcerted yeah. than she does. She she seems to have no joy in the right. entire enterprise. Right. That just went it dovetailed so well with what's happening right now. Yeah. It's, definitely. Good night, your queen. Well we'll see. So, 1917. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Wow. It is really an awesome movie. I went into it not really wanting to see a war movie because I just am not, (laughs) just have no interest in it. But the fact is the filmmaking and the story are so compelling. These are two young men who are given an assignment and they're to go across what had been enemy lines to get to a regiment of 1,600 people and to tell them they have to call off their mission. And not only that, but the brother of one of the young men is part of that battalion. So what happens is the the battalion is known to the Germans and the Germans are going to um, counterattack. So they're in France. This all takes place in France. These two young men have to go across hill and dale and they come across various obstacles and because they're so young and so terrified, right. you cannot help but identify with them. Right. And the filmmaking is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's not done in one take, but it's probably done in four takes. Right. And the way that they do it is unbelievable. Mm. Between the filmmaking and the story, right. I just think it's, I mean, I, I understand now why it won the Golden Globe. Oh, cool. Yeah.
Did it win for Best Film? It did. Wow. It won for Best Film, and Parasite won for Best... Comedy. I want to say comedy. Yeah. Which it comedy wasn't musical, much of a comedy. But there's two broad categories, yes. right? Yes, and yeah. this was for Best Dramatic Film. Right. I have to say, I had to choose between 1917, which is such a dark horse, it came out so late. Right. And barely, just barely qualified for the Academy Awards right. for screening in mm-hmm. New York and L.A. by mm-hmm. December 31st. I, I don't know if I could pick between Parasite and this one. I, well, I just so don't know. They're style. so different. And yeah. they're so, they're both brilliant. In very different ways. Mm. Yes. And I, it's a ringing endorsement. I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. it's uh, Go with no preconceived notions if you can. Yeah, go with yeah. just an open mind and prepare to be dazzled. It's interesting maybe that there's a hunger right now for stories of this kind about valor and about honor yeah about missions that were actually good and people that had integrity and even Parasite is is about the the lack of that you know yes I think the times we're in maybe are making us look for stories like this that are a little more comforting in a way well there's something comforting in heroism yeah isn't there in integrity even the two popes story is it's great because even Ratzinger, who's the bad guy, is a really, he's a good guy. He just doesn't have the wherewithal. And he learns about himself. Right. That he doesn't have the ability to be what he needs to be. Yeah, he can't minister. Doesn't have that. I also saw Little Women, which I will talk about on our next podcast, but that was also a wonderful film, not something that I imagine you'll be terribly interested in seeing, but you might. I would see it. I, I'm assuming that there's some innovation in it with yes. the storylines and yes. characters. It feels very so modern and for very... for that reason, I, I might be intrigued. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next time. All right. Well, boomers, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for finding us again, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye, boomers. Bye-bye. Ah!